Welcome to Business Matters with host Rob Capello, a podcast where we open the conversation on what matters for business. We would like to thank your sponsor, Valley First Credit Union, a member-owned financial cooperative serving the Okanagan, Similkameen, and Thompson. They offer a wide range of banking and investment services for individuals and families. Valley First also has a talented business and commercial team to provide the expertise, products, and services local businesses need to grow and thrive. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Business Matters, presented by Valley First, a division of First West Credit Union. My name is Rob Capallo. I'm the VP Business Development Now Media Group. Today, we welcome Ruben Mann to Business Matters. Thanks, Ruben. Thanks for joining us. Uh, Ruben is the head of marketing at SkyTrack, and uh, they're the world's premier provider of solutions for the aviation business. And we're going to learn a lot about today because I'm sure a lot of people probably haven't heard the name SkyTrack. They're listening today, but we're going to dive in. So, um, you know, one thing when I was doing research is that I find that what I love about these sessions is that I learn about companies or get to explore companies that maybe people haven't heard of and they're gems that are like literally in our backyard and you find so many and, and I find that, you know, you guys are definitely one that are industry leaders um, and there's many reasons you are industry leaders and it's cool that you actually do it with, you know, your head office in Kelowna, which is interesting as well. So, so I want to explore a lot of that today uh, and then talk a little bit about your role uh, at SkyTrack. So, so let's get started. Um, as I mentioned, Ruben, I, I suspect a lot of people are like, who's SkyTrack? What, what, what is this? So what's the, and I'm sure that, you know, I always say this, if we, if we got into an elevator and we had 15 floors to go down and by the time we get the lobby, you can tell me what you guys do. Um, can you unpack all what SkyTrack does in, in an elevator speech for us? Yeah, the easiest way to explain it would be we provide satellite communications technologies to uh, aviation operators. So anyone that's in emergency medical services, regional air transport, commercial airlines, uh, search and rescue, military government, anyone that needs connectivity in the aircraft to do whatever they need to do, um, that's what we provide. And, and is it strictly, so do you guys strictly work in the aviation field? Is that, is that the only vertical that you guys work within? Exactly. And um, so you can consider that fixed wing aircraft, rotorcraft, and now we're actually doing things in unmanned aviation as well. So drones and technologies like that. Interesting. And, and, and is it hardware and software? Is it both? Yeah. So when the company was founded, it was originally a hardware transceiver that would allow you to track your aircraft over GPS. Um, but as time evolved, we realized that one of the most foundational ways for a company to grow is to have a service aspect to it. So we have a hardware, uh, which is our, traditionally, it's been the ISAT 200A uh, satellite transceiver. But now with that transceiver, you can enable all these different capabilities and services. So services like flight following, uh, fleet management, um, enabling paperless cockpits through EFB automation, um, flight data monitoring, acquiring data and then analyzing it, uh, sending alerts to operational control centers in real time, all these different capabilities that operators need, we can enable that through satellite communications. Interesting. And is there a lot of competitors in this vertical? Like, do you guys have a lot of competitors out there? You know your competitors really well <laughs> in this market because there's not too, too many, but you have the major players, right? You have um, like the multi-billion dollar uh, corporations that are involved and you also have your called kind of more niche companies, um, out of like New Zealand and, and San Diego and things like that. So yeah, it's, it's a wide mix, but not too many competitors. And I mean, you guys have all obviously are 
very successful what you do. You're, you're, you know, you could be considered worldwide, worldwide leaders in sort of this industry. What do you attribute that success to? Like what, you know, in, in you know, at the core of the company, like what, what drives that success and the innovation and so forth that you guys see in SkyTrack? Various factors. I think one of the one of the key things is the people that we have in the organization, the incredible passion that they have to actually achieve um, a great things. So when this company was founded in 1986, it was a slow progression, but leadership continuously allowed us to put ourselves in the right spot to either a get acquired by a private equity partner that can help us transform, um, or getting into a strategic partnership with a. Um, a satellite provider that is going to enable us to use their technology to actually sell more like Iridium is our major aviation satellite partner. Um, and just the, the focus that every individual has within the organization to stay like put your blinders on, you know, and enjoy, enjoy the, the, the Okanagan region, um, the, the summer, the winter, the fall, the, the spring, but also when you come to work, we just know we have one mission and the one mission is to provide intelligent communication solutions to all aviation industries out there. So we, um, I think that's one of the, one of the key things that makes us so strong is everyone's so kind of united in that effort to, to get there. And sometimes you're working late, sometimes you're working early. It doesn't really matter. We're just there to, to make it happen. So without, without giving away the secret sauce, how do you guys like how do you guys go after this vertical like what what's this i'm curious what the sales process looks like for going after this this really unique sort of uh, vertical that you guys go after we have a, a really matrixed sales team across um, across the world actually so our number one way to approach um our clients would be direct to sales so sales managers in ottawa uh, Alberta, Brazil, um, we had representation in Europe, um, the Middle East. So each of these individuals brings with them their own kind of uh, know-how and own um, vertical speci specialty. For example, uh, unmanned aviation. We have someone that's specifically focused on generating leads and sales for uh, unmanned aviation. We have business jet aviation experts. We have rotorcraft experts. So everyone that has kind of gone out into the market and accrued, accrued all these insights into that particular niche has now come together to actually help Skytrack um, extract all their knowledge and then actually implement it to develop new products and solutions that are, that'll go into the market. How, how big of a team do you guys have? Uh, right now we're up to around a hundred individuals um, across Canada. So we went on a hiring spree for a new Ottawa office. Uh, we, have a Ottawa, we have an office in Victoria um, and uh, we have two offices now in Kelowna. So about hundred, the sales team is around 10 to 12. Um, a lot of engineers, obviously, because that's what drives uh, the whole technology. Um, right. But yeah, about hundred. Interesting. So how, how do you stay, um, like what do you guys do, I guess, to stay relevant and innovative as a team? Like what, what, are, what are some of the core fundamentals that you do on a day-to-day -day basis or weekly basis or monthly basis that you're always, it sounds like, you know, you're always driving for excellence, right? That's something I kind of got out of the, the, the website as well. So what do you guys, what are some of the, the things you guys do to make sure that you're always driving towards that? Uh, I think that comes from leadership, a lot of it, and just making sure that everyone stays focused and, and, and leadership is also looking at new opportunities for us to grow. So, you know, in every organization has these moments where they can take that chance and do something that might propel them to the next level. Some do it successfully, some don't. We've been in a very fortuitous situation where we've been able to actually get to that level and then push forward to that level. So 
One example would be um, the Iridium Certus launch. So Iridium is a, a network of satellites that has been operating um, for, for a while now. I think it came to um, fruition around 2000 through Motorola. And back then they were providing 2.4 kilobytes um, per second of data transfer rates. And up until 2019, that was all we had through Iridium Certus. And imagine how small that is. Like you can, like when I was in, I don't know, grade eight, I was downloading songs at five kilobytes per second on Napster, right? So 2.4 is really, really tiny, but you were able to do so many cool things just with um, the ingenuity of engineering. Um, and now we have this revolutionary new technology with Iridium Certus. So what we had to do was position ourselves as a leader in Iridium Certus and get the license to produce these new terminals to leverage, leverage the new satellite network. And now this satellite network has a 263X increase in a possible bandwidth that's revolutionizing everything that our technologies were able to do in the past. So now we can do everything from live video streaming, um, you name it. It's a, it's a AI, um, sensor fusion technologies, all that stuff wasn't possible just a couple of years ago, but because uh, leadership was able to invest in these new technologies and put us in that level um, and drive the whole, whole organization that direction, we were able to kind of continue to innovate and continue to be leaders and continue to grow. Um, just seeing that opportunity and taking the shot, I would say. You mentioned AI, how big is that? It, it, how big is that in what you guys do right now? I mean, we, that, that word gets thrown around a lot in marketing. Mm -hmm. yeah. And, you know, some have adapted with it really well and some haven't, but how, how, does it play a big role in what you guys do? It will play a big role in what, we'll, what we're going to do. So we're, we're announcing our new, um, well, we've already announced them, but we're releasing our new technologies in Q2 and Q3 of this year. And with that new bandwidth, we're able to do all kinds of computations um, in air uh, while aircraft are flying. So one example would be, let's say you have a Coast Guard operator flying off of um, Aruba and they track or, or they're looking for um, a boat that, you know, law enforcement has said it's a blue boat. It looks like this. Um, and we just have drones or aircraft flying around trying to find it. And in the ocean, it's really hard to have a, a person looking at the camera and kind of seeing from, you know, the moment they're flying to track um, if they see something that is relevant or not. So AI technology, we just train the neural sensors on board to see that particular boat. And if it sees a particular boat, then it'll, it'll alert um, the operational control center or flight data analysts to actually take a look and say, hey, look, uh, this is something that you guys said you were looking for. So this is the time you should actually spend your, um, I guess, time looking at it. And, and there's also a cost savings proposition too. So instead of transmitting live video, from the moment you start flying for so someone can actually take a look, it only starts sending that transmission when they notice this is something that you guys are looking for. So that's where kind of the artificial intelligence um, part comes into that. And that's just one example. Yeah, I was gonna say that, and that's probably the tip of the iceberg on what you guys are doing with that, right? Yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah. How, did, how did SkyTrack begin? You mentioned sort of, you know, it launched in 1986. Like, do you know the backstory of like, how did it come to be? Like what happened that you're like, I'm gonna launch this company that does this. Like, you know, some of that backstory? A little bit, you know, you, uh, you uh, piece things together but you've had a couple of management changes and a couple of ownership changes, but uh, it just, in 1986, um, actually it's in 1983, Ronald Reagan had uh, finally released GPS technology so civilians could use it, but he had a clause on it called selective availability, which means that you couldn't get as accurate GPS um, location um, due to that because military was scared that other people would use it to their advantage. So that was fine. So 
we had this crude technology that would allow um, operators to track their aircraft. So, you know, forestry, um, forestry, search and rescue, those types of industries, aerial firefighting that didn't need pinpoint precision back then started to use it, even in agriculture. Because if you have, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of uh, aircraft assets, you kind of want to know how your pilots are flying it. So like, where is that aircraft? I have no idea once the pilot's taken off. So that's kind of how it started, the genesis of it. And then in 2000, when um, the Clinton administration came in, they removed selective availability. So when they did that, the GPS accuracy that was previously just military only was really accurate. And that's when you saw it in cars, um, in, in airplanes and everything like that. So that's when it really started taking off. So um, I would say between 1986 and 2000, it was these smaller kind of t upgrades over time. But once uh, selective availability was availability was removed, that's when it really took off. Interesting. So how long how long have you been with Skytrack? I'd say uh, almost two years now. Years. And what's your what's your role? Your head of marketing is that correct? Yeah, yeah. I'm head of, head of marketing for Skytrack. Uh, we have a whole group of companies within the ACR group, um, and they're across the world. So each of these, and this is another uh, point to how we continue to innovate. So all of the companies within aerospace uh, in, our, in our group have a different core focus. So for example, we have a company called Flight Data Systems in Melbourne, Australia, and they make um, flight data recorders. So three, 360 degree um, flight data solutions. So you can acquire your data, store your data in those recorders, um, analyze the data, um, all, those, all those sorts of things. And we have a company in Texas called Free Flight Systems, and Free Flight Systems produces next-gen aviation technologies. So um, the Federal Aviation Administration kind of realized that air traffic is going to get really congested coming up. Um, so they had to do something about it. Instead of having um, people in those control towers um, manually doing everything they wanted to make all the aircraft autonomous so you can land um, automatically you can kind of position aircraft and this just kind of unlock the the whole air air grid transportation system because that's that's what what it was going towards um, so now we're producing all these types of technologies to help just that next gen mandate which is a whole world itself with adsb technologies uh, and things like that um, then we have Latitude Technologies and Skytrack, which are the leaders in intelligent connectivity. Um, so we have kind of, you know, different companies within the, within the whole group that do very specific things. And we, um, as the Marketing Center of Excellence, do the marketing initiatives for all these different companies across the world. Okay. And so what got you introduced into this industry? Because I, I was asking before, you, you, I'm sure you, when you went through you know, schooling, you didn't say I'm going to end up working in this aviation company. So how did, how, you know, how did you get introduced into Skytrack and into the role you're in? That was a very funny story, actually. Um, I was moved, I had moved to Abbotsford because I finished my uh, degree at UBC Okanagan and I was just, you know, living at home and I had to come back to Kelowna because um, my girlfriend at the time lived here and we had been doing on and off for two years. I'm like, okay, we should probably decide to, you know, move back to Kelowna or figure out where this relationship is going. Um, and she works in uh, biomedical uh, engineering. So she was on a um, student trip to El Paso to do some research with uh, El Paso University. So I went with her just to see, um, you know, what El Paso was like, because who, who gets a chance to go to El Paso and really see what's there. So I went there and I was like, okay, let's, I have nothing to do because she's in her lab all day. Um, I started looking for job opportunities in Kelowna and I saw Skytrack. And when I looked at the functional roles for marketing, 
I had done each of these things before in previous roles and previous capacities. So I was really confident that I would be able to actually apply it to this organization and, and bring something that I had um, knowledge and, and expertise in. And that's exactly what happened. So I decided to apply while I was in El Paso. I drove up for a couple of interviews from Abbotsford. Um, I would drive up three hours and drive back down three hours just to just to make the interview. So, um, um, but if you're passionate about something and you really you really want it, then you, you're going to do those little small things to to make sure you stand out. Interesting. And so, I was wondering when I was looking at sort of your resume. I mean, you have a marketing background, like you said, and then you went into this vertical that you know was a different vertical than where you're used to. So, how did how much of the, the knowledge you had in marketing were you able to port over? And then the second part is, how did you, like, what did you do to accelerate your learning about what SkyTrack was? And I mean, you speak right now, you speak, I mean, you're, you, as, you, as everyone can tell or hear, you know a lot about the company and you, you speak in details that obviously you didn't have that knowledge when you started day one. So how did you accelerate that learning? Well, they throw you into the fire here. <laughs> There's a, I had never heard this phrase before that I started here, but they always, they always say drinking out of the fire hose. And that's because there's so much to, to pick up and you start speaking in acronyms that no one knows what you're saying and then all these kind of weird things. Um, but, you know, it's just them pushing you to, to learn and you have no option um, but to learn. So when you're exposed to SkyTrack and you have to learn all about satellite communications and then they say, hey, guess what? We have a company called Flight Data Systems that does flight data um, like data solutions and you have to learn about all that scope um, or hey guess what this is what the next gen landscape looks like for for the FAA in, in North America learn about that so you just kind of pick things up over time um, and a lot of research a lot of learning uh, one of the main ways I did pick up a lot was reading the industry publications that uh, that um, you know talk about everything uh, from commercial airlines to search and rescue to uh, emergency um, emergency medical services, everything. So you just kind of pick it up and learn and you have no option but to succeed because everyone's around you to help you as well. So I would always just go to the person next to me. Uh, ironically, his name is also Ruben and I would just ask him a bunch of questions and he had a lot of experience. So he was able to just tell me this and tell me that and I would quiz myself um, every now and then. So it's just it's just a lot of you know putting in the time to, to exposing yourself to different things, picking the brains of the people that actually built the company um, have, have been here for you know, 10, 14, 15 years that you can learn from. So I would, I would attribute it to them mostly. And then you putting your, um, your efforts forward to learn. So I'm curious in such a niche vertical you're in, what type of marketing mediums you would use? Like, how do you, how, how do you, how do you, cause obviously there's this, I get the sales side, the direct sales side, but are, are you, you know, what, what do you layer in from a marketing perspective to help the sales team? Like what sort, what sort of, and again, you have to, I understand you probably can't go into too granular tactical details, but just on a general level, what are you using to kind of drive that engagement in, in, from a marketing perspective? Um, a, a lot of different things. So one of the key things would be sales enablement to making sure that when the sales is going out to the market that they have what they need, um, whether that's going to be case studies or PowerPoint presentations tailored to that organization or, um, you know, product specification sheets and making sure they look as good as they can, um, elevating all of that content to look as good as the salesperson that's presenting the technology because the technology is really advanced. So, so must your, um, the materials that you're giving sales as well, they need to be really good, right? right? Another thing would be our trade shows. Now, this is something that we did a lot of uh, when I actually first started to look at the trade show list. I'm like, how can one person manage this? It, it was incredible to see the, the list of like, 
40, 50, 60 shows that you had to consider to go to. Um, so that was a really big way for all of our sales team to kind of get together. And even when you have um, a major show like uh, HEI Heli Expo, for example, uh, all the different companies from our group actually come. And then you can talk to all the different salespeople from the different companies. And it's kind of a, a big uh, conference for everybody within the group as well. So that's, that's a really big uh, way was the, the trade show stuff. Well, Another thing, I was going to say, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, I, I just, that was going to go into things like um, you have webinars, you have social media, um, you have to leverage the industry associations that you're a part of, um, those, those types of things. You know, it's uh, marketing is so wide in scope. So I would say for this organization, you actually have to do a little bit of everything um, in order to succeed. And it's not direct to consumer, it's more B2B. So it's making sure you look good. Um, yeah, things like that. It's interesting because I think a lot of times sales and marketing don't are like oil and vinegar. So I'm, I'm glad to hear that it's not that case with you guys. Because I, I mean, I think that as you're looking at a, you know, a, a customer buying journey, how important sales enablement is. And it, I mean, that's, that's the first word you said, which I thought was interesting because it's, it, your team needs the proper assets in order to sell the product and, and build that relationship and engagement with, the, with it. So you work really closely with your sales team on that, right? So interesting. Exactly, yeah. Um, how do you how do you stay connected then like with clients that are literally worldwide like how do you how do you how do you guys stay connected with your clients like um you know i'm sure the simplest is you know is an email database but how else like what other areas are you guys engaging with your clients yeah that's that's actually a really big one is a crm just making sure because you have account managers for each of the um, companies that you're selling to but right. often you're not you know with long-term deals, three years, five-year deals, you don't have the opportunity to continuously stay engaged with them. So, um, and it's, it's a really complex, uh, complex sales cycle and complex implementation cycle. So we're always kind of connected to the customer, whether it's an ongoing implementation or whether something comes up. So that's where a client support team is really important to SkyTrack because in aviation with the incredible amounts of complexity that you have, it's never really just yes or no it's like no but you know xyz and all these other other little things that are coming into play so um basically it would be the entire organization so from sales from marketing doing an email blast from client services supporting the needs of the customer um and then actually setting up meetings with them when you're having these trade shows so right now obviously that's not happening but setting up webinars is a way that we can engage our clients and letting them know hey learn about our latest technology and that's what we did with our Iridium service launch. We were able to look into our CRM and say, hey, this is a brand new message that's completely changing the entire landscape of what we're offering. So let's just engage all of our customers. And immediately we had a, a flood of um, uh, emails talking about it and registering for the webinar, just want, wanting to learn more because it truly was something completely different that uh, operators hadn't been used to before, particularly for rotorcraft industries as well. So, um, you know, how in airlines you're flying and you have, you're all these movies coming to you and that's no problem and they work seamlessly um, that's because these aircraft have giant antennas on top and they're pulling from like 50 gigabyte streams from Inmarsat and companies like that um, helicopters couldn't have these giant antennas on um, on their aircraft so they were limited in connectivity so this iridium certus which is a low earth orbit uh, satellite constellation only needs very small antennas to actually get that high uh, broadband connectivity so um, yeah, but to go back to your question, yeah, it, it's like it's a whole team effort, right? It's, a, it's not just 
marketing, sales, account management, I would say it's a 360 degree thing where we're always engaging with them. We're always letting them know what we can do. We have project managers, then we have account managers. Um, so it's, it's just the whole team coming together. Interesting. How do you, how do you stay up to date on the marketing side? Is there like podcasts that you listen to? Like what, what are some of your, your favorites out there ways of staying for you to stay sort of on what the, you know, I, I don't want to say trends, but, but you know, the latest options when it comes to marketing, how do you stay up to date? Yeah, for sure. Um, number one, leadership, right? So when we have all these different companies across the world, they know what's, what's important. They know what's coming. Uh, and they get to interface with the engineering teams on a regular basis. So you kind of hear through the grapevine what the newest technology is, and then they'll be like, hey, marketing, guess what? We've got this new technology that's coming down the pipeline. Figure it out, see what the competitors are doing, and let's bring this to market. So that's one way. Another way is just staying up to date with industry reports, um, reading um, all the different publications, what they're saying uh, about the technologies coming out, um, setting alerts. So we have uh, certain software for PR that lets us know um, what news has been published for certain keywords and getting these every day, um, you know, things like that, just staying, staying abreast of everything. And when, you, when you're in the aviation industry and you go to these conventions and you uh, are part of these associations, you kind of know what's important and what's coming down the pipeline. So every, you're, you're kind of forced to just get there. Interesting. Um, what's the reason behind the number two in the logo? <laughs> so this was actually... Um, implemented before I was here, but um, Skytrack in 1986 was a different type of company, right? They were just hardware enabled. And when we were purchased by a private equity firm to evolve the company and to get us to the next level, we wanted to say, hey, um, this is kind of a rebirth, right? This is not just hardware enabled sales. This is Skytrack 2, right? Now the services focused company that's coming out. So it was, that was part of it. Um, and those lines that you see are actually the, the uh, the tilt of the earth as well. Um, so it's kind of related to, um, you know, satellite communications and the way it's, it's uh, going across the planet, so. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I always wonder what it was. I saw it and I'm like, I got to ask that question. So, yeah, <laughs> question, questions yeah. I want to ask, but I, I wanted to just take a little bit of a sidetrack and we're gonna, we're gonna get to know you a little bit. So I'm gonna ask you a few questions that have nothing to do with Skytrack um, uh, and yeah, have some fun with them. So. Um, What's your best way for you to start your day? What's, what's, what's your morning routine look like to, for you to get started? Wake up, have my coffee, a um, couple of emails, and then go for a run. Uh, that's one of the most important things for me is that getting that run in the morning before even coming to work. Uh, I live in the Black Mountain region, so it's always up the mountain every morning. And after I, I conquer that one, it's like, what, what else is this day going to bring me that I can handle? So that's, that's my number one go-to. Then I get ready, then I go to work. So awesome. um, if you learned today that you won the lottery, what would you do? But what's one of the first one of the first things you would want to do? Uh, I'd probably start to figure out which companies I want to invest in. So what does it take to purchase Skytrack? You know, <laughs> these different types of things. Uh, it'd be nice to just check out to Aruba or some island somewhere and just live comfortably. But I, I think my mind is always working and I want to I want to be involved with something bigger, and this is why Skytrack is such a great company. It's because we really are part of something that's revolutionary and something really big um, in aviation. So, awesome! Uh, if you found yourself at a when we could go out and it's karaoke night, and someone's going to put a microphone in your hands and you have to sing, what would be your song of choice? Oh, I don't know what song choice, but it'd probably pick a country song because I feel like I could mask my horrible voice the best <laughs> in country. Yeah. 
<laughs> awesome. As you as you have gone through your career, is there someone that either internally or externally that uh, from afar or someone that you really admire? Is there someone you really look look up to or you've worked alongside? You're like, wow, they've really been an influence in my career. Yeah, I mean, different people at different stages. Uh, your parents are always one of the the most pivotal people that you have, right? Um, and just watching them work so hard. Um, instill that in me. Um, another person that I would say, which is nobody that I know, but it would be Kobe Bryant, just watching him uh, and putting his work ethic into um, what he is, he's accomplished in his life, um, his drive, his consistency, his passion, that, that's somebody that I look up to. And then my current boss here, um, how he's able to manage everything so effectively um, in the job and, and just continue to grow the company, you know, sales and Growing organizations is one of the hardest things that you can do. And I think you know that from, from your, your role as well. Um, so I would say, yeah, I'm just impressed at what you've been able to accomplish. And then you kind of learn from that and take it all in. Interesting. Um, if you were forced to eat one meal for the rest of your life, what would it be? What's your, what's your favorite thing to eat? Probably like a burrito or some sort of sushi roll. Yeah. <laughs> First time someone's sushi, I've never thought of that. That's a good one, actually. Yeah. Um, if you, when you have a day off, uh, what's your favorite way to spend it? What, what, what are we finding you doing on your day off? Oh, depends on the, on the season, I guess. Uh, summertime, it's probably going out uh, kayaking a little bit and enjoying the sunshine. Um, some basketball would be a great day. Um, going out for a good meal with, uh, with the wife those types of things in wintertime, you know, it's more hibernation. So reading a book, drinking hot chocolate, <laughs> sitting by the fire, uh, not, not trying to go out there. Um, yeah. Um, what's a brand that you really admire? Is there someone out there that comes when I say, you know, a brand that does it right? What, what, what comes to mind for you? There's a lot of startups doing things right, but from a like a major, major brand that's always been at the forefront of everything would be the NBA um, and Nike. Uh, I, I really like the way the NBA has grown year over year. Um, they always put the right message out. They always seemingly do the right thing as well. When you're kind of concerned about what, what an organization is going to do, you find them doing the right thing. So um, not only like how it looks, but the actual actions of the, of the brand. Um, I think NBA does a really good job. Adam Silver, um, all, all those guys making it uh, successful, I guess. Yeah. You're, you're obviously a, a basketball fan. Who's, who's, your, who's your team? I would say the Lakers. You know, Kobe Bryant era would be my, would be my team. Yeah. <laughs> Tough one last night. Um, sorry? Last <laughs> night? Yeah, yeah. Overtime, though. It's okay. Yeah. Um, what famous person, dead or alive, and maybe I know the answer, is if you love to meet for a cup of coffee, if you could just sit down with someone. Okay, so obviously it would be Kobe Bryant, but I'll, I'll say somebody else. Uh, Marcus Aurelius, uh, I've been reading his book, Meditations. He was a, a Roman emperor, I believe. And just to see the profound knowledge that these individuals had in, in the past, you know, like today we're living in 2021. It's a whole new world. We have all this technology, um, but you still see so much you know, online inconsistency with humanity, like, you know, left, right arguments, this and that. Um, so if you go back thousands of years and you start looking at how these individuals were operating, it's super interesting to see their, their insights and how a lot of the stuff that they're seeing back then that they seem to have figured out is how we should be operating today, but it kind of got lost in the shuffle. Um, so I was like looking back at the greats uh, in history and I would say Marcus Aurelius is one of those profound individuals that 
seemed to have it all figured out back then. Interesting. Awesome. Um, when we could travel, what was one of your favorite places you ever visited? Uh, Dubai. Dubai was incredible. It was um, quite the experience. The, the water was incredibly warm and you have all these amazing modern buildings everywhere. Um, the opulence of it all, it was a very interesting place. Interesting. And last question, if, if you weren't doing what you're doing now, so you, you, you weren't in the role, but you could, your dream, what would you be doing? I would probably be working in <laughs> marketing in the B2B field, um, if not for an organization, then for myself, helping organizations, because uh, this is something that I really like doing. I think that, um, you know, some people have a few tool sets that come together and allow them to be successful in this. And this is one of those roles that um, I found myself being okay in. So I would probably continue to do that. It's, it's actually a passion of mine and I really enjoy um, day to day. Yeah, executing on that. I thought you were going to say you're going to be running the point for the Lakers. Ah, uh, that was never a dream. I was always too short and too slow. <laughs> <laughs> um, thank you for, for answering this question. That's great. Um, I'm curious if anything, you mentioned sort of trade shows were, uh, you know, a big part of sort of your, your, your sales and your marketing. And obviously that's, you know, was put aside last year and you've pivoted to webinars, but what, what is there any, anything that's changed because of the pandemic that, you're, you're, that really brought the highlight, wow, this is interesting, this is good, this is good actually, this is a good thing for us to kind of do going forward. Is there anything that kind of is highlighted that you can pinpoint? 100%, yeah. One of the biggest things that our organization from, from the top down um, and all the different companies within, within our uh, group is trying to figure out how to communicate more effectively um, for a better price point. So when you're, when you're attending trade shows and you're sending um, staff out you got to think about hotel costs. You got to think about uh, travel, uh, food, all those all those small things. The actual build out of the booth, the exhibit space, all those things, and, and that's an astronomical amount um, when when you really add it all up. So, how do we use that budget and put that into the digital landscape to actually be more data driven and making sure that hey, we can spend this much and we know we're going to get X amount of leads, and that's gonna and we're going to land about two or three of those, and that's going to bring this much money or this much revenue. So the entire focus has shifted instead of just sending sales individuals out to um, sell uh, in large groups or conferences. Like, how do we use this money and effectively use it to uh, with data to make the right decision for the organization? Um, I don't think that was, you know, it's always the case when it, when it comes to that. But I think now that the pandemic has happened, it's everyone's focused on it, which is good because if you want to accomplish these goals or you want to align an organization that needs to come from the top down and everyone has to have a solid understanding and, and concurrence on that. So that's one of the best things that actually happened through the um, pandemic for, for SkyTrack and, and our other companies is that focus on data-driven marketing. Interesting. Um, what's your biggest struggle today? So is there an area where you're like that, that you feel like, uh, uh, that there's a roadblock? Is it, you know, recruitment? Is it expansion time in the day? What, what, what do you feel right now is probably your biggest, your biggest struggle? As an organization or individually? Oh, time. You know, it seems like you never have enough time to accomplish everything you want to do. Yeah. Um, you know, sometimes it's like six, 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 30. And you're like, why am, why am I still here? Uh, why have I not been able to accomplish this? But um, honestly, I would say the biggest challenge for marketing departments in general would be, um, attributing the lead generation um, 
to, to revenue. So making sure that all those leads that you're doing online, they're actually amounting to something. And it's hard because you're getting them from all across, all across the, the web, right? Google searches, making sure your SEO is good. Uh, are the ads running correctly? Are you optimizing all those properly? Are they getting to the right person? How much are you spending? Yeah. Is your, uh, your CTR good on that? All, all those small little things. Um, when you like take a step back and look at the whole landscape for digital marketing, it can be daunting. It can be a lot. Um, and even if you were talking about attribution from, um, you know, trade shows, it's, it's really hard to get that number down. So I think that's the biggest challenge for our, our group right now that we're trying to solve. Yeah. Interesting. So last question, you, you guys recently announced uh, expansion into Ottawa, um, expansion in, in Kelowna, and I believe Victoria uh, engineering team as well. So what's the future have in store for you guys? What's next? What's uh, are there other verticals you're looking at or more expansion? You know, what, what's, what's the next uh, 12 to 24 months going to look like for you guys? Global domination. <laughs> no, <I'm just> <laughs> so um yeah like it's it's really big news for us to expand throughout canada you know being a company from pentacle in 1986 right. and now just actually being across canada that's a huge huge step for us um and also just staying abreast of technology so um getting into the unmanned aviation market was very new for us this is something we didn't even think we were going to do six months ago but now we're all of a sudden in the in the thick of things because of iridium certus and the new technology that we can offer uh, so that's really exciting. Um, and we have a, a really big announcement coming up that I can't share right now, um, but we're partnering with somebody that's kind of a big deal um, to develop more technologies for a certain industry that I, I won't divulge yet, but I'll make sure to keep you in the loop when we do announce it. But uh, yeah, so just trying to get into different markets outside of the typical, you know, EMS, search and rescue operators, military government, like what's the final frontier for aviation? Um, you know, we're, we're kind of embarking on that right now. Sounds like we need to get you back in a few months. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. well, really, thank you so much. I know you're busy. Thank you for taking the time to, to chat today. I, I think I'm fascinated by your guys' company and just kudos to all the success. And, and, and I know it's, you know, we say industry leaders and it, we like, I know that it's, it's a big hill to climb to even say that, right? It's, and, and it doesn't matter what you're, if it's a sports analogy, top of your game, it's, you know, Kobe Bryant wasn't one of the best because he just he was born with talent, but he worked, he, you know, literally, I, I remember reading stories and putting 10 hour days in shooting. He wasn't the best player in high school team, like at the start, like that, that's, you know, so I, and I, I think that same thing says for you guys that, um, you know, the work that you guys put in to be successful. And I love the fact that it's rooted in the Okanagan. It's yeah, amazing. no doubt. <laughs> it's really impressive to see this company yeah. thrive in the Okanagan. Yeah, interesting. Well, thank you so much for uh, joining today. Um, hope, love to have you back when you make these new announcements and love to explore that a little bit more as well. So thank you for joining today. I really appreciate your time. Yeah, thank you for your time. Uh, everyone have a great rest of your day and thank you for tuning in to Business Matters. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to another episode of Business Matters with host Rob Capello. If you're interested in being on the show, reach out to us and join the conversation.